0: Welcome to Walking Dharma Podcast, the podcast where we attempt to demystify classical spiritual teachings and apply them to modern day living. I'm your host, Kristen Coyle. Today's episode is called Embracing the Shadow. It's inspired by none other than life itself. What I have noticed as a yoga instructor and metaphysical healer is that most people are very fixated on moving towards the light. People become obsessed with staying in a high vibrational frequency. There is this overriding tendency to always want to dismiss anything negative and run away from it. And what I've noticed for myself is that the more I run away from negativity, a.k.a. the shadow, either the shadow side of myself or someone else's shadow, the stronger that shadow becomes. And that's why it's actually called the shadow is because it's kind of lurking there in the backdrop. So few of us are willing to embrace the shadow side of ourself or others and actually see what is there for us within that shadow. And the shadow contains really valuable spiritual teachings. Our ability to embrace the shadow is our ability to realize that all of the experiences we can have in this life, whether they be extremely positive and high vibrational or extremely negative and low vibrational, all of these experiences at their heart of hearts are actually equal to one another. Our ability to see life from an equanimous, neutral awareness allows us to see the value even in the hardest experiences of our life. In Chapter 6, The Way of Meditation, from the Bhagavad Gita, it says, He is said to be a steadfast yogi whose heart, through knowledge and realization, is filled with satisfaction who, having conquered his senses, never vacillates, and to whom a clod, a stone, and gold are the same. What this entry in the Gita is saying is that all things are equal. Whenever we get really rooted in knowledge, and not just any kind of knowledge, not book knowledge, but self-knowledge, knowledge of the supreme being within us, and understanding that that Supreme Being dwells within every living being and also every inanimate object, then suddenly we gain control over our senses and we no longer have to run away from what challenges us. We no longer run towards what we're trying to draw in. Rather, we're able to sit within ourselves and experience every single thing that can happen for us in this life with an open heart and an open mind the sutra says a clod a stone and gold are the same this essentially means a lump of shit at it is most basic nature is equal to a piece of gold and think about that metaphorically it's saying that the hardest experience of your life is equal to the best experience of your life Maybe they bring up feelings that aren't comfortable, these dark experiences. And we tend to want to run towards what's comfortable and run away or shrink away from what creates discomfort within us. Our ability to sit within every experience we go through brings us to a place of inner peace. Because as long as we are running away from the shadow we won't be at peace because there will always be an aspect of ourself that we have to hide from. Or likewise with others, especially in the form of relationships. If we're always pushing against someone's dark side, then we won't ever fully be able to love or understand that person because there will always be a part of that person that we are not willing to accept. There will always be a part of that person that we are not open towards. The concept of embracing the shadow is the concept of embracing the myriad of experiences that one can have in this lifetime. The Bhagavad Gita goes on to say, he who has equal regard for well-wishers, friends and foes, for those who are related or indifferent to him, For the impartial and the malicious, and even for the righteous and the sinful, he stands supreme. What the Gita is saying here is that if we can acknowledge that the same divine thread binds us all together, then we have the ability to see the beauty even in the most sinful of people. That doesn't mean that you have to love that person the same way you love your closest family members. But it means you understand that if you strip away all of the external details from that person, then you can see their essential nature is of total goodness, of total divine composition. When we become capable of embracing this then we become capable of truly seeing all beings as equal. Quite often we get caught in only trying to be around people who make us feel good, only trying to be kind to those who are kind to us. And one of the deepest spiritual uh, pieces of work we can do on ourselves is to be kind to those who are not kind to us. To still hold loving space for someone, even if their intention towards us is malicious. That doesn't mean you let them walk all over you and damage you. No, we have to have fierce compassion sometimes and know when to stop a scenario or know when to protect ourselves. But what it means is that our attitude towards that person, even in the action of protecting ourselves or setting a boundary, Underneath all of that, we still have this reverent energy towards that other being. Most recently, I was teaching yoga at the Space and Light Center, which is what we're using for our shala right now, since the shala flooded during the last hurricane. And I only had four students in the room. It was a really small class. And we were at the wall, and they were holding handstand. They were doing one-minute holds in handstand. And we had a really good vibe going in the room. It's all close friends, essentially. And suddenly, a homeless man burst into the door. He was high on some kind of drug, quite dirty. And he looked at all the women in this really gross kind of way. And I politely said to him, pardon me, We have class going on right now. And before I could say anything else, he looked at me and said, F you, you're a bunch of filthy strippers. And he walked out and slammed the door. And to my amazement, all of the students just continued to hold their handstands. And to me, this is a big metaphor. It's like, can you, quote, hold that handstand? even when you're being insulted? Can you stay within equanimity and simply observe what is happening rather than having a strong reaction and having to chase after or push against it? Interestingly enough, a few minutes later, we were back in the middle of the room and this guy came and banged on the door really loud. And instead of me going out there and yelling at him, Instead of any of the students going out there and yelling at him, although my partner wanted to, he was in the room as well, he wanted to go say hi. Instead, we got up and we locked the door. So that's a really great example of we still held loving kindness in our hearts towards that man, but we knew when to set a boundary. It started to feel like our safety might be slightly compromised. And so we locked the door and we continued with our practice. And although this actually happened, I'm using this as a metaphor more than anything. It's like whenever you're being disturbed by the external world or your own internal world for that matter, can you cultivate the inner strength and equanimity to continue on with what you're doing and remain unconcerned? Now, when I say remain unconcerned, I just want to be so clear. I'm not saying don't do anything when you are at risk, especially with your safety. I'm saying even when you're doing those actions to protect yourself, at your heart of hearts, can you remain in equanimity? Can you essentially hold your internal drishti or gaze point on the ultimate goal? And the ultimate goal is for you to decide. But in my opinion, the ultimate goal is to gain mastery over my emotions so that I can see reality clearly. And in seeing reality clearly for what it is, I'm able to recognize it's all a dream. And because it's all a dream, none of it has to have any implications on me. Things might happen and affect me in the moment, on the more superficial layer of my being, but deep down I am still rooted in my own internal stillness. I am still grounded in the witnessing faculty that every single one of us has the capability of rooting into. I cannot even tell you how proud I was when that happened that my students held the handstand. They came down from the handstand and said, what did he say, that we all look beautiful? One woman literally thought that that homeless man said that we all look beautiful, even though in reality, he called us a bunch of filthy strippers. And This is the power we all have, the power to remain focused, no matter what the external world brings. Because the external world will always be a circus. It's going to bring everything and anything into our scope of experience. It's up to us to become comfortable in the full range of experiences so that the external world no longer is a source of affliction, but rather every experience can be seen as divine play. In that class, after the homeless man banged on the door, we were actually doing a flowing sequence that repeats itself over and over. And for the last repetition of it, we offered all of our love to that homeless man. Because you know what, people who are really suffering, who are really deep in that shadow aspect of life. More times than not, they haven't been shown love when they're in their shadow. They've been shown disdain or hatred. So part of the way that we can embrace the shadow side of others and ourselves is offering love and compassion where the norm would actually be the opposite, to push away from it, to be hateful towards it. The more hateful we are towards someone who's suffering, the more hateful we tend to be towards ourself when we're suffering. In my opinion, anytime someone is going through a shadow aspect of themselves, there tends to be suffering involved. And the suffering actually comes from the attitude about the experience rather than the experience itself. Here's the point in this podcast where I'm about ready to get really real. And if you don't want to hear this about an experience I had, I suggest you go ahead and move on right now and listen to another podcast on our episode. The best way I teach is from my own personal experiences. And I want to share with you the worst day of my life and just tell you about how I have managed to transmute that day into the greatest teaching of my life. So here we go. When I was 20 years old I traveled to Trinidad and Tobago by myself and I was pretty naive but also super adventurous and open-hearted. So needless to say on my first day in Trinidad I got taken in by a family who lived down in the south of the island. It's a few hours away from where I had been staying and I decided to go stay with this family in the south for the Easter holiday and during Easter time in Trinidad all of the public transportation stops running so once I got down to this area in the south I was essentially stuck there for a week because I didn't have a lot of money I wasn't able to hire my own private transportation so I was there with this family and this whole neighborhood or village of people and needless to say I ended up um, getting raped and it was something that was really shocking I couldn't believe it happened it happened so suddenly I was in shock for sure Um, but once this man raped me he actually went and told all of these other people all these other men in the village about it And I just so happened to be staying in the bedroom right above where he was telling everyone, all these other guys, that he had raped me. And I was there eavesdropping because I was actually hiding for my life. I thought he was going to kill me. I couldn't believe I got away. And there was no public transportation, so I actually couldn't get away until the next day when the transportation started running again. So here I am hiding in this bedroom and I can hear this guy who raped me down below making fun of me telling all of these other guys about me and all the guys were saying they were going to give him money to basically kidnap me so they could all rape me and then one even said if you pay me more I'll dispose of her body so you can imagine I was freaking out In the next room over, the women had found out that I was raped, and they were calling me a prostitute and mocking me, saying, pregnant and on the road, over and over and over again. I wasn't pregnant, by the way, but it was a really gnarly experience for me. I was in total shock, so all I did was hold my backpack all night, and actually the grandmother of the house discovered I was hiding in the house because no one knew I was in the house. They thought I had, like, escaped. So the grandmother came and basically slept on top of me until the next morning I was able to leave at sunrise and get on a public bus and get the fuck out of there. When that experience was happening, the feeling of guilt I had come up within me was so deep I thought I wasn't even worthy to be loved. I thought I'm so stupid for getting myself into this scenario here. How could I have betrayed myself in that way? And it was perhaps the deepest I've ever gone into the shadow side of life with in the context of how I was being treated by other human beings. I actually had the thought when I was laying there hearing these women mock me. I had the thought, this is the worst day of my life. This right now is the worst feeling of my life that I have ever had. And I also had this realization that, hey, this is great. This is the worst day of my life and it can only get better from here. And it was a deep moment for me. And I have never forgotten it. And I guarantee you, I will never forget it in this lifetime. Because it taught me to sit and embrace the shadow. I was so uncomfortable. I didn't know if I was going to survive that scenario, to tell you the truth. I really had no idea if I would make it out. Thankfully, I did. And I went on to Tobago that next day and I had a total turnaround of experiences. Ironically, like a few days later, I was having some of the best experiences of my life. And I was able to feel joy towards them. I also was able to reflect on what had happened in Trinidad and realize that I was able to stay strong and witness that experience go on. And this is the interesting thing about the shadow of life is if we get in the habit of simply sitting with how we're feeling and not running from it. I mean, look at me. I literally could not run away from that scenario. I had no ride out of there. Essentially, I was forced to sit with it. And I'm thankful for that now because it taught me to sit with my trauma And not embrace it in the way of like, oh, I want to live through that again. No, I don't want to live through that again. I don't wish that on anyone, woman or man. But it showed me how strong I truly am. It showed me that I have the ability to be strong and neutral during the most challenging experiences of my life. And we all have this ability to be strong and neutral during the most challenging experiences of our life. It has taken me years to forgive the man who raped me. And the way I worked on forgiving him was seeing that even though he was malicious and essentially wicked in what he did for me, not to me, but for me to awaken to my strength, in his heart of hearts, He is the same divinity that I am. If we strip down the details of the external and we get in a habit of seeing the divinity within every living being, then suddenly we become capable of forgiving those who have harmed us. Suddenly we become okay with the fact that a homeless man might interrupt our yoga class with insults, because we realize he's not insulting our divinity. He's just insulting his own perspective, meaning what he sees within us has very little to do with us and everything to do with him. Part of embracing the shadow is to realize that A clod, a stone, and gold are the same. So essentially, the shittiest experiences you can have have the same spiritual value, if not more, than the best experiences you can have in this life. Not only outward experiences, but also when we work through our emotional darkness. Whenever we feel the most sadness or the most grief, we have the ability to dig a little deeper and realize there is a part of us that is not afflicted by those emotions. Even when we have the most joy, the most excitement, the most elation, it is important for us to just pause within all of that and realize there is a part of ourselves that is still equanimous. Because we've got to get in the habit of finding that equanimity when things are easy. So when things get really tough, we're already in the practice of discovering that equanimous aspect of ourself. And so we're able to touch it. You know, it's kind of like praying. You don't just want to pray when things are hard. You want to give thanks and pray when things are easy. It's the same with finding that witnessing aspect of ourself. The ability to witness ourself in whatever experience we are going through becomes our ability to embrace the shadows when they arise within us. We can be the light no matter what. We don't have to run away from anything in fact, running away from darkness is a sign of spiritual immaturity. You know, in the yoga community, in the new age community, there's this fixation on things always being of the light or only doing things that we consider to be of the light. You know, this is what I used to think I had to be to be worthy to teach yoga. I thought I had to wake up at five in the morning to do yoga I thought I had to drink copious amounts of green juice. I thought I had to be a vegan. I thought I had to not go out at night, definitely not drink any alcohol, dress a certain way, make sure I had my mala beads on, say certain things, avoid saying other things that might trigger people. Like, for example, I just shared the story of how I was raped. I hardly ever share that with anyone. Why? Because maybe they'll attach a stigma to me. Maybe suddenly me sharing the story of how I was raped will make people shrink away from me. And I'm here to call bullshit on all of that. I will share for myself. Whenever I was trying to force myself to be vegan or force myself to look, act, and dress a certain way or adhere to certain practices, I was torturing myself. I was miserable. On the external, I looked really healthy, but internally, I was suppressing my higher urges. I love to drink green juice. I love to wake up at five in the morning to do yoga. I also love to wear one-piece denim jumpers with high heels and go dance all night. I love to drink red wine. Not a lot of it. You know what? I eat meat because my health requires that of me. There was a time in my life where I was afraid to admit that to others for fear of what they would think of me, for fear of being rejected by my peers. And there comes a point where we realize the more that we try to act a certain way because we're afraid of others rejecting us, the more we are actually rejecting ourselves. And as long as we are in a state of self-rejection, No matter what we do out in the world, we're going to feel rejected. Because what we feel coming from the world is actually just a mirror of our own projection. What we receive from the world is essentially what we are projecting out into the world being mirrored back to us. So our ability to embrace the shadow within ourselves becomes our ability to be comfortable and okay with other people's shadow sides as well. Our ability to embrace the shadow in others is our ability to ride the waves of experience without isolating people or without isolating ourselves. The minute we try to force someone else not to be a certain way is the minute that we reject a part of that person. And anytime we get caught up in rejecting parts of someone else, you are also rejecting the same aspects within yourself. Every single thing that we can perceive in someone else that we don't like or that makes us uncomfortable, is often a trait that we too have. Whether we are aware of it or not, that's another story. Years ago, my Reiki teacher told me, all of life is a mirror of your own perception. Everything you perceive out in the world is molded to fit your own image of what you think the world is and should be. If we get really caught up in always denying the shadow, and when I say the shadow, I'm talking about anything that we would deem as negative, anger, enmity, jealousy, feelings of not being good enough, lack of desire to be alive, which we call apathy. Anytime we get caught in pushing those things away for fear of what other people will think of us or for fear of what we're thinking about ourselves, then those things become stronger because anything you suppress grows inside of you. It becomes bigger and bigger until suddenly you become consumed by it. So our ability to embrace the shadow aspects of our own mind and emotions is our ability to let these things go as well. The minute I am willing to sit with my own anger for example, around being raped, the minute I was willing to sit with my own anger around it was the minute that anger started to dissipate. Because when you allow something to rise to the surface, it's like you let it take the breeze. You let the breeze of awareness blow on it. And if you've ever been in a stuffy house all day, You can relate with this. The minute you step outside and the breeze blows on you, you get a whole new perspective on life or simply on the day. And this is how letting our shadow emotions air out by rising to the surface of our awareness. This is how it is. Saying, you know what, let's let's get some energy on this. Let's let this be free. Let's let this rise so it can be released. So embracing the shadow is about embracing the ability to sit with whatever is arising without projecting good or bad onto it, but rather just saying it is what it is. The Bhagavad Gita also says, He who has conquered himself and is serene in mind is constantly absorbed in the Supreme Self. He is alike in heat and cold, pleasure and pain, and honor and dishonor. So this is hinting at that idea of sameness. If you can really anchor your awareness in the reality that deep in your heart there is nothing but divinity, the essence of God essentially, then whether you're comfortable or uncomfortable, you'll be able to find internal joy. Whether you are being honored, someone's giving you props, or dishonored, someone's insulting you in public, in your heart, you're rooted in sameness. You're rooted in equanimity. They've often said there's no greater spiritual practice than to bear insult, and instead of offering insult back, offer love. And that offering of love might be silent. It might not be something you say out loud. Just the way we offered our poses towards the homeless man calling us filthy strippers. This is what we call transmuting energy. It's the ability to take in energy that you are given and instead of letting it make or break you, it's just neutral. It's just energy moving towards you and what you do with it is up to you. When you allow energy moving towards you to become neutral, then suddenly you have this huge source of energy that you can do whatever you want with it. You can use it for good. For example, I often use my anger as fuel for motivation. I often use my sadness as motivation to reach out and connect with my friends to help clear it. I use my feeling of rejection To perfect my craft. I use my feeling of guilt and shame. To realize I'm human. And that there's no shame in existing. There's no guilt. Guilt is simply a way for us to lock off our joy. And I remind myself over and over. I deserve joy just like everyone else does. You deserve joy and love in your life, just like everyone else does. If we deny one aspect of ourself, it's kind of like a disease. It comes in and we start denying all aspects of ourself. Our ability to sit with the darkness turns into our ability to embrace the light when it is there for us. And when we become fully capable of embracing the light and the darkness then we become rooted in sameness. And when we become rooted in sameness, then suddenly every experience that we can have becomes a teaching. Every experience we can have becomes a blessing. And the same thing, whenever others come to us and they're in struggle, we become capable of helping them understand that as real as the struggle may seem, There's something deeper within them that is always in joy. There is something deeper within them that is always connected to Source. And when we fully anchor ourselves in our Source connection, no one, no shadow, no dark experience or suffering we may go through can take that away from us. So suddenly, we become the light in the darkness. And that light is knowledge of the self. The darkness is ignorance of the self. When we are able to shine our light of knowledge in even the darkest corners of our own psyche, then suddenly those aspects of ourself are not shrouded in darkness anymore. Suddenly we see them for what they are. And our ability to see things as they are is our ability to accept that every single thing in life is for a purpose. Every single thing in life, whether we see the meaning or not, is there for our own awakening in evolution into our highest self. And the reality is, that highest self is already alive and well within you. Once we stop denying everything and we start embracing everything that comes our way for what it is, whether it's motivation or realization that it's bringing us, and suddenly we realize the highest self is always there backing us. Your highest self is you. It's always got your back. When we come out of denial... We fully recognize this. The Bhagavad Gita says, He who has equal regard for well-wishers, friends and foes, for those who are related or indifferent to him, for the impartial and the malicious, and even for the righteous and the sinful, he stands supreme. That means we have to let our love and our compassion expand beyond our immediate family. We have to let our love expand out into every single being that we encounter. Every single path we walk, even if it's into a hospital because we're not feeling well. Or even if we have to go do a shitty job that we hate. We can carry the love in our heart. And our ability to do that is our ability to become neutral within it and start appreciating even the smallest things in life and realize that everything we have, every single experience that crosses our path is a miracle. And the miracle is that everything is perfect timing. There is no wrong timing and we are always ready for what comes across our path. How do I know this? Because if it wasn't meant to be, it wouldn't be happening. And this perhaps is the biggest um, anchor for me when it comes to embracing my shadow, is this idea. If it wasn't meant to be, it wouldn't be happening. Truly, everything is perfect. Maybe in the moment it doesn't feel that way. But once we can reflect on things and realize everything is for purpose everything is for our highest spiritual growth, then even the most devastating scenario can become one of the greatest moments of our life. Because it's the moment that you realize you are stronger than any external circumstance. That divine light within you originated from the darkness. And in that, we can fully embrace it. When we embrace all things with equal regard, our heart grows, kind of like the Grinch who stole Christmas heart. It goes from being tiny and limited to expansive and unlimited, like it's bursting out of our chest. When we root ourselves in this kind of undying, eternal love and reverence, for all of life and all experiences, then we become the light. Then even when the shadow arises, it's no longer a shadow because we are always shining our light upon it, all accepting, all embracing. The more you can accept something, the more freedom you have from it. And life is a lot better lived when we feel free in our heart. And what prevents us from feeling free in our heart is simply our own mind and our attitude about good and bad. If we can release the concept of good and bad, suddenly we release ourselves to be free to be who we are in the moment. No excuse is needed No hiding the truth. Simply show up and ride the wave of that. Whatever that may be. When this feeling fully arises, suddenly we will find that others trust us a lot more and that others feel safe around us to be as they are. So the ability to embrace the shadow actually helps relationships along a lot. We become space holders. Rather than trying to always protect our personal space and avoid bad vibes, suddenly we become the emissary of light and love amidst even the worst vibes that we can imagine. And this is true enlightenment. The ability to show up and accept things as they are without projecting any needed change upon them and realizing at the same time it's all a dream easy come easy go show up for what is and let life flow the rest takes care of itself Thank you so much for listening to Walking Dharma. Aloha.